Welcome back to the Auctioneer's Ward with uh, a Borderway Agri Expo special. Joining me in today's po- podcast uh, is Dr. Mark Cole, who is the Managing Director specifically for sales for Cars Billington, and Chris Dodds. Chris Dodds is the Executive Secretary of the Livestock Auctioneers Association, which is the representative body for livestock auctions in England and Wales. So we'll start with Dr. Mark Cole, uh, and welcome, Mark. Uh, Hello. Yes, thank you. Uh, Mark joined Cars Billington as Managing Director in 2019 from Four Farmers. Mark has worked all over Europe. I think uh, I think I'm right to say Poland, Holland, Bulgaria, and Romania. And his specialism is in animal nutrition and agri-animal science. So uh, covers a huge spectrum of um, of livestock interest with regard to this topic. So, Mark, uh, in your role uh, with Cars Billington, I think it's, in, it's it'd be interesting for everyone to hear exactly uh, a, a kind of sh- a short insight into Cars Billington's business today. Thank you very much. Yes, Cars Billington is an interesting uh, organisation and I'm very proud to be managing director of it. Principally, we've got four enterprises which all revolve around serving the farmer and the rural community as well as the general public. So first and foremost, we are manufacturers and providers of livestock feed and we sell somewhere in the region of around 550,000 tonnes per year, principally to the red meat and and milk uh, market farmers. We we also supply um, from our retail stores uh, general farming equipment, and that includes um, both small items that we sell through the stores, um, including clothing, footwear, uh, small machinery and uh, equipment as well as uh, through our machinery enterprise, um, uh, machinery that's that's required for predominantly grassland management, so tractors, uh, mowers and other grass cultivation equipment, um, and also uh, machinery and equipment that's uh, needed for the rearing and keeping of livestock. And then finally, our fourth enterprise is that we, we sell fuel around 100 million litres uh, per year, which is principally uh, domestic heating oil and uh, gas oil, uh, along with um, some uh, derv for road vehicles. And we do that through a network of 30 country stores, which are predominantly located in the north of England and southern Scotland, uh, but also through into um, in, into Wales. There's no doubt that Cars Billington uh, it, it offers a huge spectrum of services to the agri and rural community, Mark. And and I think that from my next question and what I'd really like to discuss with you today is uh, is where Cars Billington see themselves in advising their customers, especially their farming customers, with regard to the future. Obviously, there's going to be huge changes in how. Uh, that the farmers are supported, the, the support mechanism is going to be very much more based on uh, environmental issues, as we've been quoted many times, public money for the delivery of public goods, reducing methane emissions and, and concentrating on reducing carbon footprint. As a significant business within, within the industry, where do you see Cars Billington's role w- with regard to advising your customers to, to secure well, their future? I think that's a, a very good question, and uh, Cars Billington plays a pivotal role 
in helping farmers to to get to this date destination of being able to far farm sorry in a in a more uh, sustainable and perhaps uh, environmentally friendly manner um with everyone got the focus on the reduction on uh, carbon emissions and greenhouse gas emissions uh, per se and it is extremely complicated so we're working with a number of uh, industry bodies to, to really try and come up with what is going to be practical at farm level and to come back with a, a, a cohesive plan um, that allow farmer, our farmer customers um, to be able to meet these, these pretty stringent targets that we're going to be set as an industry uh, over the coming years. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a huge change for the way our farming customers think about their business. What what will Cars Billingtons? Uh, what, what will you do as a business with regard to your own carbon footprint and and how you uh, look at uh, reducing your um, uh, methane emissions within the business? Because that that's obviously important. The government's looking at not only farmers but everyone involved. Uh, and, and where where are you with the, with that process? So uh, again. Um... I don't think there's a single response to this. So, uh, you know, we're going to be looking at this from a, uh, um, many different aspects. And if we think about our own business, um, I, I guess there's a big crossover with what might happen with farming. So, so for example, I think with both um, uh, our farmer customers and ourselves, uh, one of the key topics will be how we can use fuel more efficiently. So we are looking at the vehicles that we buy as we go forward, making sure that uh, if they run on diesel today, could they run on biodiesel um, tomorrow? And also, how do we increase the efficiency of those vehicles, um, e either through routing software um, or, or perhaps um, more proactive uh, interactions with our customers to reduce the uh, number of miles driven per year? And I think that crosses over then into to the farmer customers. You know, one of the key things that we'll be discussing with them is perhaps how can they reduce their uh, fuel usage on farm and uh, you know a, a, a common uh, discussion at the moment is the need or otherwise for plowing and whether there are techniques such as overseeding um, that can help reduce the amount of plowing that might be needs to be done on farm uh, when itself which in itself will reduce the amount of fuel that's used um, and, and I think also uh, if you look at um, other uh, aspects that might cross over between farming and what we would do ourselves. Uh, it's it's about looking at the the inputs that you've got within your business, and um, can you use these? Can you apply these perhaps more efficiently? So, with the case of farmers, you know, could we more accurately advise them, or can we advise them to more accurately uh, apply uh, some of the inputs? So, particularly, I'm thinking about things like uh, fertilizer um, um, through uh, more accurate accurate application through soil sampling and analysis um, perhaps there's an opportunity there to reduce um, some of the inputs into the farm and that's no different with our, our stores and our business you know how do we look to to to, to do better business um, through less cost and uh, an example we might see through our stores is we're on a program at the moment of moving to led lighting uh, across the, the whole estate which will reduce the amount of electricity that we consume so you know, there are a lot of areas that we're looking at over, uh, uh, we have been looking at and we are currently looking at uh, to help reduce ours and our farmer customers' carbon footprints. There's no doubt that we've all got a huge part to play in, in, that, in, the, in the advice 
and, and anything we can offer to, to make sure that our customers are successful for the future. I mean, our, our, the majority of our customers here at H&H, and it will be the same for you at Cars Billington, they're family farmers. Uh, they, they're, they're run by people whose way of life relies on the success of their business. Uh, and these are people who need to have the information and advice to ensure that they're equipped for the future. Has this in any way changed the way you train your own team to speak to farmers? Well, well, it has. And one of the uh, changes that perhaps has, has been evolving through Cars Binnington over the course of the last two years is really the creation of very specialist sales teams uh, with, with, with specialist advisors within those teams. You know, if we look at our enterprises that, that we've got, they're complicated and we sell a myriad of different products. And it's important that the advice that we're giving with all of those uh, to support all of those products uh, is accurate and is on point. And uh, we would employ within our, our retail estate over 125 people that are qualified um, to be able to, to prescribe medicaments or, or to dispense medicaments to, uh, to farmers when they come into stores. And they perhaps have a very different skill base to the people that are advising um, how to feed and get best utilization of our, our dairy cake, for example, or indeed, uh, when it comes to uh, young stock, we have a different team that specializes in the nutrition and rearing of young stock. So I think if we look at all of our different enterprises, it's very important that we've got um, skilled, trained and up to date advisors that are able to help our farmer customers to, to run their enterprises. I think it's incumbent upon us all to become more of a trusted advisor for our customers because there's so many questions uh, and so many new things that they're going to have to face. I think the more information we have and the better equipped we are uh, is no doubt going to be um, crucial to the future of our customers' businesses. So that, I think it's great to hear that you've, uh, you've taken that obviously extremely seriously. Finally, Mark, and, uh, and, and thank you for, for, for uh, joining us today. You, Cars Billington, are one of our mainline sponsors for Borderway Agri Expo, and you have been for a number of years. What is it that you see about an event like this that is so key for your business? Well, I, I think it's the fact that it attracts such a good footfall, and therefore um, it, it obviously is a key event. It's attracting our customer base, and therefore it's vital for us to, to be there. And I think that uh, now, more, more so than ever, um, it's important uh, that we're out and about. This has been a very tricky month, uh, tricky 18 months uh, for everyone, and it will be good for us to be there and see some um, familiar faces and hopefully some plenty of new ones. And uh, it, it's fair to say that face-to-face -face interaction uh, with customers um, has always been important and just now I think it's um, it, it's invaluable so uh, we'll have a strong presence there with, with all of our four enterprises feed retail um, machinery and fuels um, represented and uh, hopefully we'll have some of our equipment on show as well and we look forward to a very successful um, event yeah well thank you Mark and thank Carl Billington for the continued support of, of what we feel is a very important event especially not just in the northeast northwest of England but for the whole of the UK and uh, and Mark thank you so much for joining us today um uh, we'll, we'll if you'd like to stay with us uh, while I speak to Chris I'm sure there might be some crossover with the discussion we have so thank you thank Mark. you very much pleasure
Chris. Uh, Chris Dodds, Executive Secretary of the Livestock Auctioneers Association. Um, trained as an auctioneer, but now the really one of the top men uh, as a rep well as part of the representative body for livestock auctions in England and Wales. And I think Chris, I don't know if you realised how big your role would be when you started this position. Um, can you give us a bit of a rundown of what what your sort of week to week, month to month activity is for the Livestock Auctioneers Association? Yeah, good morning. Thank you, Scott. Um, yeah, it's a pretty wide sphere, really. Um, uh, some people would ask the question as to why the LAA gets involved in so much that is talked about and done within the industry. But uh, at, the end of, uh, at the end of it, if we don't have farmers, we don't have auctioneers. And therefore, uh, I allocate quite a lot of my time to the support of uh, all trade organisations for the benefit of the farming community. Um, but, you know, the last 18 months have been particularly difficult uh, for us all um, in certain aspects um, during the COVID pandemic. And uh, I've spent a lot of time trying to keep the markets open, trying to keep them able to compete, offer a fair and true uh, pricing structure for, for farm products, uh, as in beef, sheep and um, pork, pigs, pork. Um, so a lot of a lot of my time has been on that. Of course, a lot of it's also spent on on um, on Brexit, or has been, and continues to be. Actually, you know, we've got a lot of problems still out there. So um, uh, there's a lot of work, and and then we've the new livestock information program um, uh, service, which is going to replace the BCMS and um, the sheep traceability system and the pig da uh, database. In the future, um, I've sat on a panel with DEFRA and industry for nearly four years now, trying to help them to create something that'll work for us. So it's quite a widespread, really, Scott. Uh, but clearly, the last eighteen months have been heavily involved in Brexit and and, yeah. uh, and COVID. And that actually leads nicely on to, to my next question, actually, Chris. Uh, I mean, Brexit was heralded as a huge threat to livestock products in the UK. Uh, and, and my question would be, was this just the doom merchants forecasting a disaster that will never happen or should we still be concerned? Well, I think it's um, I think we should be concerned. Um, you know, if you look at the statistics, uh, especially for, for lamb, um, we we export basically 50 percent of what we produce. We export them as carcasses um, uh, heavily into France, uh, Germany. Uh, but our main market is France. Uh, you know, we're, we're currently doing somewhere approximately 50% of what we'd normally do. Um, mm -hmm. But of course, you know, that hasn't meant a disaster um, for the main reason that uh, the UK population, because of COVID, stayed at home. Um, they haven't been going out to restaurants and uh, dining out. An awful lot of, historically, an awful lot of that meat uh, was imported product. Um, so, uh, you know, so demand for UK produced beef, pork and lamb uh, has increased and has more than uh, compensated for the loss of a marketplace within within Europe. Um, I'm I'm personally not too desperately medium long term um, worried about our ability to export because, you know, we've had a, 
a hard time trying to comply with all the new rules and regs. Uh, there's an awful lot of paperwork, an awful lot of box ticking, uh, an awful lot of certification from veterinary surgeons and others in order to get product out. Uh, but of course, as time progresses, our good, efficient export businesses are, are becoming uh, good and well versed on, on what they need to do. Uh, so that marketplace will, I'm sure, become stronger. I think we're, uh, we're we've been quite lucky, and exactly as you've uh, as you've explained, that the the whole market has uh, taken up the slack um, because of the number of people that have remained in the country in the last eighteen months. And hopefully, by the time that that changes again, that the the exporters will be more up to date and up to speed with the paperwork and all the, the regulations that, that that are involved now. And maybe some of the regulations may have altered. I know we've had big issues with trying to move stock back and forward with Ireland, uh, which has always been a main part of our business here in Carlisle. Um, do you see any future uh, improvements in, in that uh, in, in issues there, Chris? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, the issue of live animal movement across to across, uh, you know, I would say within the UK, but from uh, mainland GB to to Northern Ireland has is is a massive problem, um, because Northern Ireland is treated uh, the same as uh, the rest of the EU, uh, and therefore we have to comply with the same rules to send animals to Northern Ireland as we would to uh, Southern France, Spain, Germany, or wherever else, um, and and there are complications, and we've um, but we're having very regular meetings uh, at least once a week with um, both uh, London and, um, and and Deira in Northern Ireland. Um, and there is an appetite uh, to try and find solutions to the problems. Um, the trouble being, of course, that we're just about to move into the busiest time of our, of our calendar year and we haven't got um, full answers for it yet. Um, so, so we're working hard on it, but it, uh, you know, it's it's a classic example, I think, of where um, uh, the decision makers in the deal didn't possibly fully appreciate the impact certain what to them would seem like small things actually have on a community. Um, so, um, yeah, we're hoping it'll get better, Scott. Yeah, no, and and we are too, and we are too, Chris. The his Royal Highness the Prince of Wales has recently been promoting the launch of the publication commissioned by the Prince's Countryside Fund carried out by the University of Exeter, More Than Just a Mark. Can you give us a brief summary of the context and conclusions from this report? Yeah, so I, I've obviously been involved in, in, uh, in it to, to a degree. Uh, it, it's been conducted by the university on behalf of the um, Prince's Countryside Fund. Um, Prince Charles is, is uh, recognises the um, uh, a lot of the strengths and benefits of the auction mail system. In fact, he, he stood at Louth Market um, a couple of years ago um, and said that livestock markets are so important in helping to maintain the rural community and the farming community. And I do hope that they have a durable and sustainable future. And as a result of that, the this... Um, uh, uh, report more than a mart uh, was has been developed. Um, it's it's clearly um, uh, the, the fund is looking at uh, the rural community and the farming community. Um, 
more more than directly auction mark businesses, but they see the business as being pivotal to the hub and the community feeling that uh, you get in a market. Um, and that, you know, that involves companies like Cars, Pillington and others who uh, I guess it would be fair to say use the market and use the gathering of people as a good point of call to meet farmers so farmers can come and they can do their business in the auction mart and hopefully walk away with um, a good price for their stock. But on top of that, they have that community feeling, they meet their friends, uh, They and we all talk about mental health problems uh, and issues of, of farming being a very lonely lifestyle, which it is. Uh, and a lot of farmers are under an awful lot of pressure, uh, especially now with COVID and everything else and the changing of the support system um, that we they need and we need them all uh, gathering and um, enabled to, to mix. So the, the, this fund has looked at uh, what markets offer the community. So whether that means something like, um, you know, a good canteen where people can sit and talk whilst they're at the market doing business, whether that means um, uh, the market staff being versed in, in the future schemes that are coming forward with the government, uh, whether that means having uh, a chaplain uh, on site to walk around and talk to farmers that would like a, a quiet chat, or, or indeed a, a drop-in nurse clinic where um, uh, farmers can go and have their blood pressure taken and, and everything else. Um, you know, especially men generally don't like to admit they don't feel very well, and and um, you know these sort of places are great. And so the the fund looked at everything that markets offer, and had done a report of it, uh, and we'll be putting that out to our members to see whether any of these things that they could build on to try and make the service and the offering to the community better than it was before within their own individual business. Yeah, I think that the report is uh, is very positive from that point of view, that, that, that it, uh, the fact that it brings people, you know, the auction markets bring people together, not just to do business, but as part of a business hub where they're, they're meeting up with other businesses like Cars, Billington and Veterinary Services and, and other, other uh, ancillary businesses that are so important to the success of, of, uh, of the family farmer. Um, and, and one thing I think uh, I'm right in saying that Prince, the Prince of Wales um, was very positive about was the fact that the auction system treats everybody the same. It doesn't matter whether you're a huge farmer or an estate with, uh, with thousands of cattle and thousands of sheep. Or you're a small small farmer with a few, you know, tens of cattle and, and, and a, few, a few hundred sheep. Everybody gets the same chance on the day, uh, which which I think he was very uh, positive about, which is was good to hear. I think that's absolutely right, Scott. And he, he is a a fantastic supporter of the um, small to medium sized uh, family farm. Um, yeah. And you know, in Cumbria, we know historically he's he's enjoyed coming up into parts of the Lake District um, uh, as as a, um, uh, I was going to say holiday, but a, a trip out, as it were, um, and, you know, enjoys um, seeing the family farm thriving. And, you know, everything that we're facing now, um, some people would say is a threat to a small farmer, um, whereas we know as auctioneers and, and most businesses that, that survive off the back of the farmer, and know that the small farmer actually 
uh, is as important, if not more, than than some of the some of the others because it's where the genetic pool of breeding is is based. Yeah. Um, so um, as a country, we we need to, and it and it's really it's an honour really that the Princess Countryside Fund has chosen to um, uh, identify us as a really important link in in that chain. And you know, we as the LAA and our members. We'll step up to the mark and we'll try to make our businesses um, more, more vibrant and, and beneficial to the community. Yeah, absolutely. And as we move out of COVID restrictions and invite people back into our auction markets the way things used to be and we enjoy the buzz and the, uh, the general busyness of an auction market day the way it should be and the way we, we like it, uh, it it's, it's never, never more important uh, that... Uh, we look after every part of our livestock production system, no matter what size they are. So, uh, yeah, and, no, and I think, uh, and, and I think Scott, we've, you know, we've as, as an industry, we've we've shown that over COVID, haven't we? You know, last year our members through the auction ring sold just over eleven million animals, and with a value of just on one point nine billion pounds. Um, and you know, we had that horrible start to covid where some people wondered whether it'd be a 12 months out of business like 2001 foot and mouth or not and and we we got our businesses recognized as being a really important part of the food chain the supply of the food chain uh, and but we went through that difficult time where where vendors weren't allowed to come into the markets it was working on a drop and go policy uh, and our members adapted their businesses, didn't they? So, you know, there were there were um, timed auctions which uh, had a place, have a place in the future for certain categories. We, a lot of our members started doing live streaming of sales so that people could actually watch the sale being conducted uh, from home or <laughs> I guess in the tractor if they wanted. Um, and, um, you know, we, we've and, and, and I'm sure that as we move forward in the future that we're going to see some of these new uh, or add on services continuing to play a part within our businesses to to offer our customers, whether they're vendors or purchasers, a better deal, a better service um, and one that, you know, the modern day farmer finds to be uh, best suited to his or her farming practices. Yeah, there's no doubt that uh, I think we've all had to push our um, uh, digital development and, and and the way we operate forward probably quicker than we anticipated. But uh, the next generation of livestock farmer is looking for us to update our systems and update our offering. And I think a lot of uh, your members and our, uh, our the auction system, the auction businesses in, in the UK have stepped up to the mark. And, and there'll, be, there'll be lots more to see, I think, in the coming years. I think like farmers are going to, are going to see a lot changing with, with how they farm and, um, you know, this net zero and uh, support systems and everything else. We as auctioneers are going to see change without a shadow of a doubt. Um, mm. But I think um, I think what COVID has done for us, it's, it's opened our eyes. It's made us um, even more determined to, to keep pace with the modern demands of of our customers uh, and, and that's a healthy thing to happen absolutely absolutely thank you thank you chris just finally and and uh, just with this next question i want to offer you an invitation to attend our agri expo in october but 
We talked to Mark earlier about uh, the importance of events like Border Agri Expo uh, to the industry. Can you give me your view on on, on these events and, and 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 what they do for the community, the farming community? Yes, Scott. I mean, they, they are they're a triumph, really. They're absolutely essential as well. Um, you know, our, our auction marts, without a shadow of a doubt, are the shop window for a, a big part of our industry. Whether that's simply uh, your butchers coming to buy uh, their fat lambs or fat cattle or fat pigs, uh, whether it's a pedigree sale where the genetic strength and, and, and offerings are put in front of people, uh, or indeed whether it's uh, something like your expo uh, where you're gathering the cream of the crop um, and exhibiting it in front of people. You know, it's we're, we're a, one thing that has become very clear, and that is that when we left the, the EU, um, we're on our own. We've got to fight our own battles and we've got to find our own marketplace outside of the UK. Um, and events like this uh, are absolutely pivotal in, in, in showing how good and how efficient our farming mechanisms are and the, and the stock that we produce. So, um, you know, I, I, I can only but say that they are um, a, a fantastic shop window that we should all be proud of and we should all be grateful that uh, companies like yours are prepared to invest in, in in helping us all to to showcase what we have. Well, there's no doubt that it's uh, for a number of years it's been a, an event that's been highly um, thought of right across the UK and Ireland, and and, uh, and 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 all these similar events all around the country that are held likewise. But uh, we're certainly looking forward to this October when we get to. The place full again, and there's there's one or two new things going on, and we're trying to push the educational side um, of, of of what's on offer. So hopefully, uh, all being well, we'll have a great event come October. So uh, thank you, Chris. Thank you for your comments, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Uh, um, and and please do make it to Agri Expo if you can. Thank you, Scott. Very much appreciate it. So. Marvellous input from both speakers. So thank you both, Chris and Dr. Mark Cole, for your input today. We hope that you'll uh, look forward to Agri-Expo, which is uh, just around the corner now, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you there. There are one or two new aspects to this year's Agri-Expo, one of them being the H&H Land and Estates Seminars. There are three spots during the day with some very, very worthwhile listening from uh, uh, speakers with uh, great knowledge about the industry from livestock right across to subsidy. So um, that will be very interesting. And uh, just keep checking our website and social media for details with regard to timings for that. Another addition to this year's event is the David Tomlinson Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, this is going to be an annual presentation at Agri-Expo to recognise a person within the industry who like David, was a passionate livestock farmer and an exemplary role model within the industry. Now, entries have now closed for this, uh, this award and the nominations will be being judged by a panel of experts. Uh, so we'll look forward to finding out who the winner of this new award is on the day at Expo. Another new aspect of this year's Agri-Expo is the David Allen Stock Person of the Year, which is open to uh, young farmers, member of the young, members of the Young Farmers right across the UK, 
And we expect this to be very, uh, very hot competition. It's not going to be particularly easy, and we're really looking forward to seeing who enters. Uh, there's a fair bit of prize money on the go, so it'll be great to see young farmers uh, competing against each other for the David Allen Stock Person of the Year. Just remember to check our website and social media platforms for all, all details for Agri-Expo. There's loads going on, and uh, as, as time passes, uh, times will be uh, on our website so that you know exactly where to be and when on the day. We'll look forward to seeing you at Agri-Expo, and thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.